For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to this special edition of the Stadium Journey Podcast. We like to call these special editions Overtime Podcasts. Stadium Journey is more than just a good podcast. Great podcast. I don't even want to undersell us. We're great. We're awesome. We're fantastic. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, contains over 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and great features. Perfect for the traveling sports fan. In addition to the website, we are all over social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Like us, follow us everywhere. The Stadium Journey podcast is a perfect companion to listen to while you're on a road trip. Just type in VOC Nation Radio Network on your podcast search app or go to go to Spotify and search for us there. In addition, all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. Perfect for binge watching. And the regular podcast streams live on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern at twitch.tv, Stanlaw83. And now here's our starting lineup. Dave Cotney is with us. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Diquez is here. You can find him at Paul Park Hunter. Dan Palachico, the above average comedian, is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at TuckmanRI. So if you have been visiting the website over the past few days or paying attention to our social media channels this week, we have been celebrating the opening of minor league baseball. and the, the Minor League Baseball season for the first time in, what, a year and a half now? We've been sharing our favorite Minor League Baseball ballparks. So tonight, we decided to join you, a little extra fashion, to recap all of those lists into a best of the best list. And we're going to discuss the ballparks that showed up on more than one writer's list. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, um, there's 120 ballparks now, down from... What was, there, what was there two years ago, 160 or 159? They knocked out 40-some, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, some of our writers did vote for old places. Some of our writers uh, did one from each level. Everybody kind of did, did a different thing. So we're not going to rank them 1 to 10, or I think we've got 9 here. We're just going to mention the ones that will repeat customers. And then, uh, Mark, you have reached out to some of our listeners and some of our readers to get some of their favorites. We'll get into those. Yes. Yeah, we'll give a shout-outs. So thank you for all who contributed. I have your names right here. All right. So let's get into what our writers liked 
first. So uh, showing up, uh, two of our ten lists was uh, the South Bend Cubs. What's, what's the name of their stadium now? Four Winds Field? Four Winds Field at Kovaleski Stadium is the official name. Okay. What did you think of – have you been uh, – actually, we'll have to open this up because I don't know who's been to which stadium. So who on okay. the panel has been there? I've been there before and after the renovations. Right. And um, I can tell you it was a very generic product of its time ballpark. And they had told me back in 2007, oh, we're going to make all these plans. It's going to look like Victory Field. And they did it. They knocked it out of the park. They they made that into a really awesome place for baseball. Uh, some buildings were knocked down uh, behind the outfield, so it's opened to downtown. And once they went to the Cubs affiliation and the branding, they, they started becoming the hottest place in town. So beautiful ballpark, great areas to hang out. Couple play areas for the kids. They have rooftop seating there with uh, new apartments they built next to it. It's a really fun little place, and, and just like Fort Wayne, which I think we'll talk about, it has brought people back to South Bend. South Bend has been revitalized as well. Uh, so that's just a really, really great story because that was just a basic ballpark for so many years, and and I like the Silverhawks. There were the Silverhawks for many years, and they became the Cubs. It's a, it's a fun ballpark. It's it's uh, it's a good time there. Dave, have you been to South Bend? Uh, no, it, it is actually one of the closest places to me that I haven't been to in minor leagues. So okay. maybe it's not that far off on the horizon. Yeah, I've been there myself. Uh, Mark, I can attest to your uh, the kids' play areas. They've got a giant area in the outfield full of inflatables, and they have one of those uh, sprinkler things where the fountains come up yes. out of the ground. And I got to tell you, I was walking around Four Winds Field, and I got hit by this, probably this 13-year-old kid, the hardest hit I have ever taken. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty decent-sized guy. This kid bounced off of me and didn't even think twice. It was amazing. He was running, <laughs> he was running full speed through the fountains, not looking, bam, and he just shook it right off. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Four Winds uh, Casino is located nearby South Bend. I think that's where they got the name from. Yeah, because yeah, it was called Stanley Kovaleski Stadium and named after the former uh, pitcher, I believe Hall of Famer uh, from the area. And they, the Silverhawks was named after the car they used to produce there. Uh, so it, it, they were doing things kind of a little bit ahead of time, uh, giving them their ballpark, giving their baseball team a regional name. But then they went to the Cubs, and, I mean, their merchandise sold off the shelves, and I think they have an old church there that they renovated into the team store. I was, I was just going to mention, it's actually, it was a synagogue. Synagogue, yes. And now it's uh, the team store. It's pretty cool. All right, and it's got the whole, uh, in keeping up with the uh, Four yes. Winds theme, it's got like an Indian, Native American yes. kind of feel to it. The, yeah, the, uh, no, no, it's, it's a good show. Yeah. It's a good choice. You know, I probably would go on my top 20 list. Uh, but, yeah, I can see that being a lot of favorites because it is a fun little spot for baseball. Uh, for a single right. A or high A now, it's uh, it's a good time. Yes. Okay, and also on our list, uh, Fleur Field, the home of the Greenville Drive. I've been there. Okay. And – once again, just like how they made South Bend like a mini Wrigley Field, they did some of that with Floor Field with the Green Monster. You can sing uh, Sweet 
You can sing Sweet Caroline there as well, which unfortunately you can do everywhere now. Uh, and when I was at the game, I had such a great time and I gave it such a high review that Paul Swaney thought, he's like, are you sure you want to give it this review? And I'm like, yeah, this was an amazing place. I mean, the tickets were cheap, great merchandise, the place was packed, wonderful food. Uh, they had a bar, an outdoor twenty uh, outdoor bar for 21 and up down the third base, first baseline, which was free and out. It was beautiful. Uh, they had the Joe ja- they had the Joe Jackson Museum outside. Uh, it was just a really cool little spot in a in a part of town that has been built up around it. So you can check out, uh, so you get some beers or some chicken wings before the game. You can hang out there after. It's just one of those cool little downtown destinations uh, that. I love, I personally love those ballparks more than others. If you're going to build a new ballpark, get the, get the, the neighborhood to, uh, you know, develop around it. And I can see that people thought like me. They, they really reached out and said, hey, this was a great ballpark. And I've, it's been a while since I've been there, but I can imagine it would be just as much fun on a return visit. Yeah, I've heard it's the Red Sox affiliate, so I've heard nothing but great things about it. I have not been there by myself. But I have been to the next one on our list. And I'm probably the only one who's been on been to this ballpark because uh-huh. it's fairly new. It's only a few years old. The uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park, home of the Hartford Yard Goats. I've been there. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you? But, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I have. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, Stephen Key and I went up there, and I think it made his list as well. It's um, it, it's a it's compact into that part of town from what I remember. And yeah. I think we went there the first year. We were there the first season it opened. I was back home for the summer. And I said, hey, let's go check out Hartford because it's, it's about a three-hour drive from where we grew up. And we had a great time. I love the double-deck uh, outfield seating. I love the, the, the colors of the Hartford Whalers everywhere. I love the Yard Goats logo and branding. And it was just a great atmosphere. And I think uh, Carl Yastrzemski's grandson was playing for Bowie that night. So there, every time he came up to bat, they were playing the, the old Carl Yastrzemski song from Carl Yastrzemski. Cow, Yastrzemski. And we're like, what the heck is that? But, you know, they're just giving props to a legend's grandson. So I love how they did that. So, yeah, that, it, it's a fun little ballpark, and it's perfect for the town of the city of Hartford that I assume that area is probably going to be developing some more around it, correct? Well, that's the plan. And uh, the plan. actually, I was just there a couple of weeks ago for a college game, and there's a lot located right across the street. And it is all construction now, so I don't know what they're building there. Uh-huh. Maybe it's going to be a parking garage. I don't know, but there's something going up. And yeah, if I have to recommend any seats in this place, it would be the upper deck in yes. Life Field. I've sat there for a game, and it's it's a fantastic sunset. The sun sets behind yeah. home plate. The nice breeze. Fantastic sunset. You got a nice breeze in the summer, yeah. and that ball comes at you in a hurry. There was yeah. actually a construction error. They built those right fields, the double deck right field stands, too close to home plate. Mm-hmm. They're actually only 305 feet away. So they had to put a net over the bottom right. deck and make that net in play. Very, yeah. very strange setup. And if you go to a yard goats game on a Sunday, there are live goats at the ballpark. Oh, okay. There's a little go- uh, pen full of baby goats out in the outfield. Well, isn't that, isn't that how they used to, people used to tend to their ballparks in the, back in the day? They had the goats come out? Or is that I just something, I, is that something I just made up? I don't know if you got to dodge the, uh, <laughs> the the goat guano if you're just oh, fly balls. Oh wait, goat guano uh, is that that was a Philly thing that I know for sure. Okay, 
I know somebody I, did it. I wasn't. I'm not sure if it's the vet or if it was Connie Mack, where the owner was so cheap to hire lawn guys. Probably he wasn't had, the vet. He he would have sheep graze in the outfield. Okay, sheep. Yeah. Sounds like some Connie Mack would do. Yeah, yeah. It sounds very Connie Mackey. <laughs> Connie Mackey. All right. So up next on our list, uh, Dr. Pepper Park, uh, the Frisco Rough Riders. I hear good things. I have not been there, but that's the one ballpark oh, I hear so, everybody say they love. So it's a ballpark in Texas where I've been the only one there. Okay. Yes. So, yes, it's uh, got a very unique setup. Um, it's meant to resemble uh, their, the website, I think, says a park within a park. So all of the buildings are detached from the, from the grandstand, the seating bowl. And those buildings house the concessions and the restrooms and the team offices and the suites. But you can kind of wander around. To me, it resembles kind of a state fair kind of look. So it was really, really a cool setup. And, of course, if you go out to the outfield, they have the Lazy River out there where you can kind of float around and uh, take in the game from there. I think it actually – it's usually open for groups. But I think you can actually buy tickets on certain days for the Lazy River. Yeah, and I could say a college buddy of mine, Michael Roop, who takes his two kids around the country every summer to ballpark, has always told me that's his favorite stadium. Loves it. And that made his top list. And Patrick Beal, uh, Twitter follower, also had that number one on his list. So Frisco, I haven't been there yet, but I do hear from a lot of ballpark chasers that it's an incredible stadium. and. One day. One day I'll be there. Agreed. Okay, so up next, uh, Dave, you're going to finally get to play with us here, participate. <laughs> the um, Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you got to love you got to love that place. There's just so many little kind of kitschy things to it. And, of course, if you're a fan of the movie, then then it's the place to go. It's not it's not the original uh, spot where they filmed the, the – um, I forget what it's called. It's a very similar name, Durham Bill – Durham Bulls, uh, Durham Bulls it's just Park. Durham Bulls Park is the, yeah, is the, the yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, it, it was kind of the, the first, uh, of the international league that, that was the, you know, the retro classic, the, the, the brick and the, and the green seats, um, a lot of little things. I got the blue monster instead of the green monster, uh, an amazing, amazing spot. Um, above that, called Tobacco Road, oh, uh, yes. definitely a, a definitely a go-to spot if you are uh, interested in a before or after um, spot to eat. And uh, do yourself a favor, travel around, float around, check out all those little bricks, and look for the the Crash Davis uh, r- record-setting uh, doubles brick if you can find it. Yeah, I. I hope to get back to Durham this year when we are at the Stadium Journey meetup in uh, Burlington. They are playing uh, the next day at 5. They're playing the next day at 5. I looked at that, so that that hopefully will work out. I love Durham, and I think when it was originally built, it was a double-A ballpark, and then when it became this triple-A ballpark, it sort of embodied a little bit more. That's why it has such kind of like a cozy feel to it. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you just know the movie Durham Bulls, and you want to go there to see the, the giant bull in left field, uh, you're, you're definitely in a treat because it, it's truly a great ballpark, a great atmosphere, great team store, uh, just a wonderful vibe and atmosphere. 
And it's in North Carolina where I think you can just throw a baseball and hit a minor league ballpark. You're so close to so many others in that vicinity. I'm envious and jealous. Uh, but, yeah, Durham Depp made my top five. And Jay Wagner, who uh, used to write for us and uh, has a, the All Sports Roadshow website, uh, that's his number one favorite ballpark as well. So definitely a tops among many uh, ballpark fans. It can't, uh, it can't hurt that they are also, like, probably in the best minor league system over the last two decades. You know, is there a better minor league system than the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah. Be tough to find one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Our friend uh, Greg says it was high A in the Carolina League. It was in the Carolina League when they filmed Bull Dorans. Yeah, right. The but did they? But the, did they build the ballpark before they moved up to AAA? I think was the question. Well, the answer will be coming in about twenty to thirty seconds. Well, yeah. So my only complaint for for uh, the uh, the Bulls ballpark was that they didn't have enough movie gear in the team store. Yeah. I wanted to get a Crash Davis T-shirt, but you know that's if that's the worst part about the ballpark you got a pretty damn good ballpark. Yeah, and that's the thing, the history of Durham. I mean, it, you know, if you grew up in the area, the Durham Bulls have been around for decades, and there's a huge history there. And if you're just somebody who knows about it because of the movie, then there's that history to it. Uh, and I, when I was there, I did see a lot of pullover jerseys uh, from the movie that they were selling which I thought about buying because I thought it would be a nice little pickup. So you're right. I don't remember a lot of movie merchandise, like if you're comparing to where they shot a league of their own down in southern Indiana. But uh, it, it's truly a special place. And, you know, when people say Durham, they're not saying that because of the movie. They're saying because it's, it's truly a remarkable little experience there uh, that has probably vastly improved since I've been there. And I can't wait to get back there because, you know, it's one of those ballparks. I go to a lot of minor league ballparks once that I don't get back. Really looking forward to going uh, back to this one this summer. I was able to get a bobblehead of the bull. What do you oh, call yeah. it, I think? What do you call it, I think? It's not a statue. It's a thing. But the thing you hit. And do they give away a stake if you actually do hit it? It's, yeah, the, the billboard. Bull sign. Yeah, billboard. Thank you. And if, if you're there, if you go to Durham, the movie site, the old Durham Athletic Park, is still only there. a couple miles away. So yeah, it's, it's worth, a, worth a stop. Okay, so those were all the ballparks that were mentioned on two lists. Let's get into the ones that were mentioned on three. And we're going to start with a favorite of ours, Parkview Fields, Fort Wayne Tin Cats. Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, I did, is there is there much more to say after we had our, our guest on <laughs> last week? Listen, uh, we pretty show. much a whole pretty much a whole show on the Tin Caps and, and Parkview Field. Yeah, Mark, you were talking about how a ballpark revitalizes a downtown. Yes. Bam, Exhibit yeah. A, Fort Wayne. That, that did, and I'll say this again for people who didn't listen, and, and I would suggest listening to that episode because uh, it, it was very informative. I hated Fort Wayne. Nobody went to downtown Fort Wayne, you know, 15 years ago. It, it just wasn't a place you'd go to hang out. And they came up with this, oh, let's pull the ballpark downtown. And everybody was like, yeah, we've heard this before, you know. And everybody was saying, yeah, we should do something downtown, but I don't think a ballpark's going to be the answer. So they said, no, we're going to build hotels, we're going to build a parking deck, we're going to build retail space. And I think after a year of playing there, boom, it just sparked this revitalization. Headquarters are moving downtown. They're renovating old buildings and making them into live, work, and play areas. It has truly become one of the best spots for minor league baseball in the country. And who would have thought that 10 years ago when they were still playing in their very 
outdated ballpark up by the Coliseum, way out of downtown. And now Fort Wayne's kind of a fun little hip place to go to. Some great local restaurants, some microbreweries, uh, some some really cool spots to hang out. I, who never would have said that 20 years ago when I was in college. Okay, up next on our list, uh, speaking of fun places to go and places that we have highlighted on this podcast, the St. Paul Saints. Oh, yes. Anybody? Anybody been there but me? A few. Oh, you know, <laughs> for years I always said that CHS Field was my favorite stadium, but it was it was an independent stadium, so I had to kind of make the, the designation. Now I don't have to do that anymore. CHS uh, Field was number one on my list. Blends in well with the community. It's easy to get to by mass transit or car. Affordable tickets. There's always a packed house there. There's always a great promotion going on. They have characters that they hire to walk around like Gert the Flirt and the Nerds, and they got a guy who sings terribly on purpose, and they, they throw candy out at, at fans from the press box. Uh, they have this recycle center where they collect rainwater for the bathroom drains. They recycle food. They bring out food trucks onto the warning track, certain games, let the fans come on the field to watch fireworks. I mean, there's always something fun going on there. And and it's it's a hot ticket. You know, they usually finish in the top 10 of attendance in minor league baseball. And I'm kind of curious what that's going to look like once we're back to normal levels. Uh, now they're a AAA affiliate. But that is always a destination for me. And I would probably take in a Saints game over a Twins game. And and that's that's a tough call because I love going to Target Field as well. But, I mean, you get a lot of bang for your buck at, at a Saints game. Oh, and, and 40 craft beers from breweries across the state of Minnesota at the Beer Dabbler. It just doesn't get better. I think tickets are six or five bucks for the lawn seats. That's unheard of at, at that level. And I hope it's still the same. It could be different this year because of the pandemic, but I, I hope they still install the five, six dollar tickets as we move forward into this uh, decade. All right. So, yeah. Um, and their first year in organized, all well, affiliated. Yeah. Not organized. Yeah, should be fun. Independent ball is organized. Um, we'll, we'll see how they do and if the experience carries over. So, up next on our list, fifth, third field. There's a lot of fifth, third fields out there, but we're talking about the one <laughs> in Toledo, home of the Mudhens. Toledo. Yeah, great job of um, incorporating old buildings as part of the ballpark. And really, I think what what brings it all together is the statue that they have, the bronze statue that they have, which is basically three little kids fighting over a, a, a hole, a, a knot hole in the in the wood, which would be in the outfield, uh, to try and see the game. Um, and, and every time I've been, uh, the lasting presence of, of Jamie Farr is yep. is just it's just wonderful. So uh, definitely. High on my list. Yeah, it's been about 20 years since I've been there, and, and I'm only three hours away, and there's no reason why I can't make a return visit because I, I had a lot of fun there too. Uh, at the time, and I don't know if it's still there, there was a Frickers Chicken Wing restaurant uh, sort of in the corner down the right field line, and they had a deck that looked out that sort of hung over the field. I thought that was really cool, reminded me a little bit of Old Tiger Stadium. Uh, but once again, it's it's a nice little neighborhood. Everything is sort of tucked into the buildings uh, of that part of town. And it's Toledo that, that had a horrible ballpark for many years. And then they opened up this beautiful place yeah. downtown and that has created a lot of vibe there as well during the summer. So 
like I said, three hours away, no reason I can't go back to visit because it truly is a, it's a really great ballpark. Probably would make my top 25, but didn't make my top 10. Greg said he wants to change the name to Improper Fraction Field. Improper Fraction Field. I can see well, that. It's, yeah, it is an improper fraction field. Right there. Okay. Wouldn't have known it unless Greg said it. Yeah, that's a great comment if I ever heard one. Fifth-thirds, um, fifth-thirds, yeah. That's yeah, problem. Dave, I love how they incorporated the local buildings, the existing buildings into this ballpark. Uh, that seating area you referred to, Mark, I think it's called the Bird's Nest. Bird's uh, Nest, yeah. What, like what a merchandise, what a team store they have oh, there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Two, two levels, I believe. And, of course, you got Tony Paco's hot dogs right across mm. the street. So whenever I've been to a Mudhams game, you know where I've stopped. Yeah, there's another really great chili dog place in town. Uh, i got to look that up. I'll mention it later. That is just as good, too. Hey, so. This sidebar real quick, because I'm just the facilitator tonight. This is just a personal preface. But do you know how many more ball fields I'd be more inclined to visit if they incorporated some of the the buildings yeah. in the street, on the street into it? That's gorgeous looking. 98% of the time it looks amazing when a ballpark does that. Yeah. Instead of just sticking a facade in the middle of the, the city block. And the, yeah, knock everything down, put the ball apart. Uh, uh, Rudy's Hot Dogs is the other spot. So, Okay. And yeah. uh, our last entry on our list today, uh, remember, these are not in any particular order. These are just ballparks that were listed on more than one writer's top five list. Is um, the Reading Fighting Phils. Oh, yes. So, Mark, I know you have a lot to say about this ball. <laughs> yeah, that that used to be my – it's probably number two. It, well, it is number two. I made my list. It finished number two. Uh, old ballpark that was heavily renovated after, I believe, the 1987 season. And from what I was told, became a completely new venue after that. Uh, the Phillies really did a great job to make that baseball town USA. When you go there now, you enter down the first baseline which has sort of like a, a carnival-like atmosphere, state fair. You have uh, mascots running around. I went there, and, and there's a plane going ahead of me. You saw mascots, a petting zoo. Uh, there was an outdoor bar underneath the first baseline. You had people giving you food samples. I mean, you're just hit with a lot of uh, a lot of really fun stuff. The food is dirt cheap. If you they have expense, they have you know higher priced food. Funnel cakes, hot dogs, popcorn, those type of items are very cheap. Underneath the grandstand is a museum of old photos, collection of newspaper articles, the history of the ballpark, the history of baseball and writing, iconic players who played there and came through the system. And and then you get to watch the game, and and it's an old-time ballpark feel. And I don't think there's another baseball stadium quite like that in, in atmosphere, character, and ambiance. It's it's an amazing place. The only problem is Reading is probably not one of the ideal spots to hang out in compared to St. Paul or Durham. But for baseball business, it, it does a nice job. David, you've been to Reading before? And is it Reading or Reading? I know I've asked this before. It's Reading. It's Reading. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I've been there, Mark, and based on your recommendations, it did not disappoint. Good, it's glad. pretty cool. Uh, the the uh, It's like being on a carnival midway. Midway, that's the, the term I was looking for. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you on that. And then as you uh, pass through the midway and enter the ballpark, you're suddenly back in the 1950s. Yes. It's really a striking dichotomy and really cool place to be. 
No, and then they also have uh, another outdoor bar behind the left field, which uh, is yeah, equally nice too. So there's there's plenty of options, and I think they have pool suites if you want to watch the game from a pool. You yep. can do that as well. Right. So those those were our writers' choices. Mark, you you did a little uh, informal survey. Yeah, I did a little bit of that. Before I, I go on there, I incorrectly said that Durham was a double-A ballpark. It was actually Class A Carolina League from 95 to 97. Then it became a triple-A ballpark. So I just want to correct that. I think I think Dan mentioned that as well. So All credit to Greg. All credit All right. to Greg. I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> so, yeah, right. so, so I've got the results here. Mark, you actually shared them with us all. So. Let's run down some of the ballparks that did not make our writers' list but made our readers' list. Yeah, uh, Jeff, got, yeah go okay. ahead. All right. <laughs> we've got the Nashville Sounds atop their list. Yeah, a lot of people like Nashville. It's First Horizon Park now. They love that stadium. I love it, too. It made my top five. Uh, the ideal spot there would be the band box out in right field. Outdoor games, drinks, food, putt-putt, ping-pong, and whatever type of games you can think of for all ages. There's even a barbecue spot out there. It's really the soul of uh, the ballpark, if I want to quote Joe Mock from his website. And you're right near the guitar, the giant iconic guitar. So most people have told me they go there just to hang out. Maybe maybe young people who are single and, and looking to mingle will just go out to that spot and hang out. So uh, if you want to watch a baseball game, you probably will not want to be there for long. Don't worry, there's plenty of seats uh, throughout the stadium to hang out and, and watch the game. But uh, another another ballpark that was built to revitalize the, I believe, the Georgetown area of town, and it has blossomed from heavily constructed areas the first year to apartments, restaurants, bars, and all sorts of things within five years. Okay. Another, stadium I, another stadium I can't wait to go back to. Also on the reader's list, the Victory Field, the Indianapolis Indians. Yeah, Victory Field was down on my list. I didn't want to be a homer and pick Fort Wayne, South Bend, and Indianapolis, but I reached out to a lot of people. This made five people's list, Victory Field. Uh, It's a classic. It's been around for 25 years. It's uh, situated in downtown Indy. Beautiful lawn seating. It's one of the the highest attendance ballpark uh, in, in the country. Uh, usually finishes number one or three, sometimes number one a couple years in a row. It's, it's one or place, three, but not two. Yeah, one or three. It's usually like, well, sometimes two. It, it's usually <laughs> neck and neck with Charlotte. I think Charlotte and I think Nashville beat them one year, and I think even Vegas when they opened up their ballpark a couple years ago. So it's, it's usually in the top top three. Yeah, it's, it's a great ballpark. Uh, I My complaint with it is they only have one official craft beer, Sun King, which is fine, but I like to see more. And I think their souvenir shop is ridiculously too small. But they made renovations to the suite area, so they're doing things there. Still a great place. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. Yeah. Uh, one of the best kids' museums ever in Indy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the Indy is a solid ballpark. Um, nothing negative to say about it. It's a nice place. It's maybe not as flashy as some of the others on our list, but exactly. great place to catch a game. Uh, let's see. Also different on our readers list. Oh, Canal Park at the Akron yeah. Rubber Ducks. I've actually been there a couple of times. I've been there for the Arrows and the Rubber Ducks. Yeah. Um, another solid ballpark, maybe not so flashy. Nice downtown location. That's yeah, it's a, a little it, bit it, of growth. It, it's yeah. the downtown location. Uh, 
you know, I went there. I've been there a couple times. I liked it. It, it was nice. It, I don't think it would have made my top my top ten list. But you know, when, when you see certain uh, names popping up, uh, it, it has to be good. And you know, I, I was there when there were the arrows, and I think a heavy snow uh, not snowstorm rainstorm was coming. So I ducked out of I ducked out of the ballpark quickly. So. Uh, perhaps I need to go back there on a nice summer day and, and enjoy it to its fullest. But, yeah, beautiful downtown setting. It, it stands out. And it's called Canal Park, not named after any kind of corporate sponsor. So that, that gives a thumbs up for me. There is a canal that runs right behind those fields. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. All right, up next we got Louisville Slugger Field, home of the Bats. Yeah, that one's kind of underrated, I think. Uh, yeah. Good, great location right on the river. Um, you got, you know, uh, you're welcomed by Pee Wee Reese when you walk in in the front door. And uh, is there is there a better baseball pairing than than a bats game at night after going to the uh, Louisville Bat Factory in oh, no. museum before? Perfect. Yeah, it's it's a fun ballpark. They're currently uh, renovating it right now. I don't know where they are at the moment. I was planning on going there this Saturday for a game, but that may have to be altered due to some some plans with the wife. So I'll get there eventually. I'm, I want to get there when they have the new renovations. Uh, yeah, one time Louisville was was very good with attendance. They sort of dipped off a little bit, but it's, it is it is a little bit underrated. It's uh, They have the old warehouse that they converted into the main lobby of the stadium. Wasn't that a train station? Yeah, train station. You're right. And they have all their pennants hanging up. Uh, from the multiple leagues they played in. And also they house a lot of championship gear and old photos and jerseys from the club's illustrious history. So there's a lot to take in there. And plus, great food, a nice team store. Uh, they, the soccer team isn't there anymore, so now they, they have it all to themselves. And beautiful views, you know, that uh, when, when the, the sunset uh, comes in across the, the river and, and the skyline, it's very beautiful, very beautiful orange purple colors. So, uh, Louisville bats is, you know, it, I, I hope, I hope it, I hope it be, yeah, I'm stuttering here. I hope it becomes a lot better than it is because it's sort of lost its luster the last few years, but it, it's going to be back on top. Uh, one of my wife's favorite ballparks. So it's got yeah. that stamp of approval for it right there. Oh yeah. All they right. have, they have the, uh, the brewery and barbecue spot right in town, uh, against the grain right down the, the first baseline. Always a plus. Yeah, always a plus. And, and you're right. You're within walking distance from a lot of other places there, too. So, fun town. Good foodie city is Louisville. I love okay, that town. Uh, Also on this list, uh, Modern Woodman Park. Oh, yeah. Davenport, Iowa, the Quad City River Bandits. One of the best views in minor league baseball. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, you got, the, uh, you got the Ferris wheel in left field. You got the bridge over the Mississippi in right field. Yeah. And if you're lucky, the ballpark doesn't flood out on your visit. Yeah, I, I was there in 2008, and they said, nope, game's canceled. Police have told everybody not to come to downtown Davenport. So <laughs> my buddy and I had to turn around and go back uh, to Indianapolis because the, the rest of the state was flooded as well. Yeah, old-time ballpark sort of still feels like an old-time ballpark. It's not one of these places they heavily renovated, but that view, that bridge, magnificent. And You'll see that on a lot of people's uh, top ten list of best views of minor league baseball, and I would agree with them. It's definitely one of mine. Yeah, if you take a lap around the ballpark, you can go the whole way around the ballpark. Yes. You are walking right along the Mississippi River when yeah, you're in right but, field. But the problem is when it floods, you can't get to the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. 
So. Okay, uh, a couple more we got on our on our readers list. Uh, the Montgomery Biscuits. I had a lot of fun there. What about anybody else been there? I have been there to see the the team shop. There was not okay. a game. We were driving from uh, from Pensacola up to Birmingham, and we stopped in Montgomery yeah. and checked out the ballpark. Looks like a nice little ballpark. Um, I, yeah, I was there for all you can eat night many years ago, and I don't. All you can eat biscuits. All you can eat biscuits and hot dogs <laughs> and, and God knows what else. Boiled peanuts. I had. Um, Oh, I don't I, like boiled peanuts. I, I think that, you know, to me, I did not like Montgomery as a city. I was there for a couple of days. I was bored out my wazoo. But that ballpark is a lot of fun. And I think that was, I think part of the building was an old POW camp for Union soldiers during the Civil War. If I'm, That's if right. I'm, it was a jail during the Civil War. It was a jail, War. which that has to be the oddest thing that I've seen converted <laughs> into a ballpark. But. Yeah, it, it definitely it stands out. It has a unique look and feel to it, and it's it's not flashy, but it it is one of a kind. So if if you're in Montgomery, hopefully, and the downtown area seemed to be it seemed to be nice. It just nothing was really hot happening that night. I felt like everything was sort of open, but nobody was out there. I, I can't figure that out. But the ballpark, my goodness, all you can eat. I don't know if they still do that. It was like thirty bucks. You can eat everything you want, and that included your ticket as well. Yeah. Uh, Listener Jason Bond says, the three-dog night at Canal Park, the hot dog inside of a brat inside of a sausage was delicious. Ooh. Ooh, my cholesterol just went up 100 points just listening to that. Yeah, and coming from a fat guy, I think I just became a diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing, but holy moly. Mm, Jason Bond reached out to me. He had Fort Wayne number one. On his list, so okay. thank you. And, thank you, um, and Montgomery, at, one of the best logos in all of my early baseball. Yes. At the end, um, let me know before you do the outros, because Jason Bond has one more question right. I'd like to field to the experts on the show. Perfect. I only have one more on, on our list of ballparks that were not on the readers, the writers list, if yes. you say, but they are on our listeners list. And that would be the Corpus Christi Hooks. Is that Whataburger Field? That's Whataburger Field, which I have never been to, but – I hear great things. Michael Roop loves it. Uh, and I believe somebody else reached out to me. I can't find your name, Corpus Cr- Oh, uh, Tim S. Tim S. also loved it. So uh, that also has a beautiful view of a bridge going over some body of water as well. So whenever you can incorporate your natural landscape, you're going to have a nice ballpark. What is a bridge natural? Well, <laughs> bridge, go, bridge going over natural body. Uh, that, I agree with you, Mark. Uh, yes. I love having something interesting in the background to look at. Oh, All yeah. right, Dan, what do we got from our live Twitch Listener audience? Listener Jason Bond, uh, the amazing uh, meal he just uh, told us, uh, has a question that doesn't pertain to the list. That's why I wanted to wait until the end of the list. Good. Was Has anyone ever been to Savannah for a banana game heading there in office? <laughs> One of our I'm writers, Floyd Brown, has been there and has said nothing but fantastic no, things. No, And I, a cousin I, of mine lives in Savannah, and he says it's a great time. If they I, I would say get your tickets now, Jason. I assume you did because those sell out pre-pandemic. They'll probably sell out right now. Uh, if you go, Jason, uh, tell me all about it because I would love to see a bananas game because it's it's – what they did to that ballpark and what they did to revitalize baseball there is nothing short of a miracle. And um, definitely take it as much as you can. You're going to have a good time. Um, Greg also says UConn 
club rugby team plays at a field that used to be the recreational field of the Insane Asylum. That's okay. the oddest conversion I've seen. The other buildings of the Insane Asylum were still there nearby. Uh, Jason also says Jason, uh, the tickets go on sale in July. He'll be watching like a hawk. Yeah, and and uh, if and if I need to con- make make a few calls to uh, ownership, let me know, Jason. I I think I can pull some strings. Uh, that would be Ballpark Hunter on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I probably could. I think we do need a, a new review of that. So that's, if you want to take, take some photos, that's that's live on the podcast. So <laughs> you just said. Hopefully, maybe, but. <laughs> Yeah, get, get, right. get your tickets because they will sell out fast. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, that's That recaps our special edition here of our favorite minor league ballparks. Thanks for tuning in to this special overtime edition of the Stadium Journey podcast. Don't forget to listen to the web, listen to the website. I don't know what kind of noises it will make. <laughs> but you can visit there if you go to stadiumjourney.com. And uh, don't forget to follow our social media channels. And most importantly, our Twitch streams. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. So when you resume your travel this year, guys and girls, ladies, gentlemen, kids, old people, everybody, please be safe while you're traveling. So, uh, Dan, work all listeners really quick, follow you online. Very quickly. I'll tell my story offline at DanLaw83. Mark, just this quick. You, where? Uh, Ballpark Hunter on all media outlines. However, I, I do want to thank a few people I didn't mention. Uh, SaveMinorLeagueBaseball.org, Justin Cripe, Dwight Smith, Patrick Beal, Christian Coel, Michael Mundragon from Baseball uh, Beer Blog. Wonderful uh, YouTube page there. He has Akron as number one. I apologize for not mentioning that earlier. Brian Wilson, Jason, and of course Jason Wagner, and my band Michael Roop will be out there traveling the ballparks pretty soon, my buddy. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for t- participating. Really uh, gave us a complete list of all the best that the country has to offer. Dave, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, on Twitter at Profan9. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So until next time in our next regularly scheduled show. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and 
Some good friends. Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band Shades of Grey playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.